Welcome to the Living Craft Center. My name is Joe, and I'm one of the co-founders of OpPopTok. I'm going to show you around today. By the way, do you know what OpPopTok means? It's Lao for East meets West. And that was our original concept when we started the social enterprise 22 years ago. The general ethos was, and still is, to bring people together through textiles to exchange knowledge and ideas. This tour is to create a sense of appreciation for the incredible handicrafts of Lao. I'm going to talk you through the steps involved to make a Lao textile. It all starts with the natural fibers, and in Lao, we work with silk, cotton, hemp, and a wild jungle vine known as tropical kudzu. What makes Lao fibers so special is that they are all produced organically and by hand. As you look around this area, you can read about the history of silk, you can see the life cycle of the silkworm, you can even see them. Go up close and listen really carefully when they're eating the mulberry leaves. You can hear them. It sounds like the soft, gentle patter of rain. We have different silks on display and I invite you to touch them. One of the things you'll notice is that a few of the skeins feel coarse, like horse's hair. This is silk in its most natural state. When the silkworm spins its cocoon, it covers the fiber in a liquid called sericin. That solidifies and protects the silk. When we weave silk like this, that is what is known as organza. To remove the sericin, you just boil the silk in soapy water and it becomes soft like we know silk is. Silk has been produced in Laos for 1200 years, since the Taikadai Kamsui people migrated south from China. These Thai groups are well known for their silk and cotton skills. They are also amazing weavers. The Sino-Tibetan ethnic groups, such as the Lanten and Akka, cultivate cotton. They grow and spin cotton to make their clothing which they dye with indigo. And then you have the Hmong people who live high in the mountains. They make hemp textiles. The thread comes from the bark of the cannabis sativa plant. Sativa means useful. For example, from the seeds, you can make oil for lamps and they are also high in nutrition. There is a whole politics behind hemp. Back in the day, Henry Ford was pioneering the hemp industry while the DuPont family was industrializing cotton. Somewhere along the line, the DuPonts successfully lobbied the US government to criminalize the production of hemp, and thus the industry died. Even though its impact on the environment is much less destructive than cotton. But like I said, that's another story, and I encourage you to read more on that. And now for the last fiber, tropical kudzu. In Lao, it's known as Piep. It's farmed by the Kamu people. They use this fiber to make bags, which they use to transport goods, village to village, mountain to mountain. The fiber is environmentally friendly as it grows wild, uncultivated in the fields during the fallow years. I'm not going to go into the details of all these natural fibers, but I would like to say that one of the amazing things about Lao people is that they have this knowledge and skills to work with their hands and live off the land. And this is one of the things that makes Laos so special. 
Okay, so let's move on to how we make our colours. The rainbow of colours that you see here have all been created by the natural environment. Whether it's woods or seeds or roots or leaves, even insect wax. And the recipes we use have been passed down, mother to daughter, for hundreds of years. We pound, we boil, we even ferment the different materials to make the dyes. And to make sure that the colours don't run or that the fabric is light fast, we create chemical reactions with the dyes. We use alum stone, rusty nails, limestone and lye. In English, these are called mordants. The more complicated the dye recipe, the more cultural beliefs and superstitions are associated with the dye. I invite you to read more on the boards about the recipes and the beliefs. Before we go meet the weavers, I want to tell you that in Laos there are three types of weaving techniques. You can read about them here on the boards. Okay, so let's step into the weaving studio. You'll see the ladies sitting at the looms. In front of them is the comb, the plain weave heddle, and the warp. The warp runs over their heads and is tied in a knot behind them. It's usually at this point in the tour that I get a lot of questions. Where do the weavers come from? How are they paid? How do you choose them? Do you teach them? And who designs what they weave? So, all the ladies here are from a village about 10 minutes away. Like all weavers in Laos, most women in fact, they have learnt to weave from their mothers. We don't teach people how to weave. We give an opportunity to make a decent living from their cultural heritage, how to refine their skills and get creative. The weavers get paid per piece and have a share of the quarterly profit. When you visit the shop, you will notice that each textile has a tag with both information about the weaver and a code that helps our accountant keep track of the collective sales from this group of weavers. We've been running this system for over 15 years and we have found that it is the fairest and most economically rewarding way of sharing the profit. At Opoktok, we refer to our weavers as cultural ambassadors. They are the faces behind the textiles and it's so important to us that the ladies have every opportunity to travel and represent their own handicraft. The ladies here have been everywhere, from Tokyo to Santa Fe, Sydney to Cusco, Peru, San Francisco and beyond. We participate in trade shows and conferences, even exhibitions at museums, and we always make sure that the weavers are included in those activities. A weaver can make between 10 centimeter and 50 centimeter of cloth a day, depending on the complexity of the design and the width of the cloth. Please walk around, study and watch these masterful women at work. So where do the designs come from? Well, culture is dynamic and evolving and handicrafts are an expression of culture. Therefore, our designs, which are deeply rooted in Lao tradition, represent the many eras of history to the present. We weave designs that were created hundreds of years ago. We also study traditional textiles and culture as a source of inspiration. For example, one weaver worked on a collection of ikats that represented each temple in Lomprabang, whilst another weaver knew a traditional love story about a naga and a weaver and created a textile that tells that story. Let's keep moving. The next stop is the Oppopdok Tamasat Hut.
During the pandemic years, we noticed that people returned to the villages, started planting rice again, and using the traditional ways of life to support themselves. It got us thinking about how, more than ever, it's so important to have a positive impact on our environment. Even though we work with natural fibers and natural dyes, we felt we weren't highlighting these organic and natural products. Everything featured here is non-toxic and non-pollutant. I'm sure we all want to have a positive impact on the environment that we try to reduce and reuse. But stop and think about what's on your body right now. What kind of fibers are your clothes made of? What about the dye? And who made what you are wearing? In your home, the rug on the floor, the cushion cover, the things that you surround yourself with, are they toxic? Or are they good for you? We need to start thinking about our ecosystems and our relationship with nature, with soil, with water. We need to create diverse systems that are connected and support each other. We're looking at permaculture, its principles, and how we can bring those into Oppoptok. It's a work in progress, and we have by no means figured it out. But I do love how over the years of Oppoptok, it has changed and evolved and grown into what it is today. And it keeps changing and evolving. When we started in 2000, as just a small shop in town, we were a team of five. We opened the Living Craft Centre in 2006 to tell the story of the people who make the textiles and the culture behind them. We run classes and workshops in an effort to create a deeper sense of appreciation. The people that did the classes suggested that we open a cafe, and so we did. And the people that came to the cafe suggested we have a place to stay. And so we made five rooms above and around the shop. Okay, so let's make our way to the shop. You'll notice there that every product has either a yellow tag telling the story of one of the weavers or a blue tag telling the story of one of our village weaver projects. Take a look around and observe the beauty of Lao textiles. Okay, so thank you so much for your visit today. And if you want to stay in touch, I encourage you to sign up to our newsletter. If you're interested to learn more, have a look at our YouTube channel and our website. Both are full of information. And lastly, I want to say, enjoy your visit to Lao. They say you can discover a country through its food. And whilst that is true, we believe that you can discover Lao through its textiles. So rich and diverse are its people and traditions. Thanks for listening.